This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Now, Brandon, I have been working on my my you know English accent. Uh, we spent you know several days there uh, just you know two weeks ago, uh, and it is remarkable. I mean, I studied. I was there. I studied Tom Campbell like like it was inside the actor studio. I mastered his his voice. <laughs> and what do you think? Did I pull it off? You pull it off with great aplomb. I thought Tom Campbell was right here in the room with us. For those that don't know, that was uh, our good friend Tom Campbell doing his best impression of Josh opening the Always <laughs> Cheating podcast. And if anyone thinks they can do better, I challenge you, uh, do the official Josh opening of the podcast, send it right. our way, and we'll ju- we'll be the judge. Yeah, I think we'll get to the point where we have people do the opening, and then they'll do the, the kind of intro section. And then we'll have someone do like the lightning. Eventually, we'll have to do about 15 minutes of podcast because everything else will just be pre-recorded, you know, pieces that we throw in. It'll be like a best of show every week. It'll be, it'll be perfect. I will, I will dub my voice in anytime the name Arnotovich <laughs> is mentioned. And uh, yeah, that will please everyone. Do the I'm same sure. with, with Matt. With Matt. Dottie and uh, yeah. Uh, all right, Brandon. Game week nine is over. This so we we often say that uh, when there's when there, the score weeks are low, um, our the the listens are low. So I, I expect after a game week like this, we're gonna have about eight people that actually listen to this week's podcast. Uh, it was just one of those. I, I, <laughs> one thing I wrote down here was it's one of those game weeks where it makes you realize you can't believe that anyone ever gets points in any match. You know, yeah. like you can't believe that you ever get a clean sheet or that you ever get a goal from one of your players because the way that the game week ended was so dreadful with the uh, – for a fantasy perspective. I know that like Arsenal scored three goals, but, you know, they wasn't – they were not players that were super highly owned. I mean, Aubameyang uh, was highly owned at one point but kind of been sold by most managers. And uh, Madison blanked. Uh, Zaha blanked. 
um, Charlison, um, Gilfie, you know, so many others. Um, it was just an yeah. average game week in in so many ways. And the highs were very low and the lows were also very low. So <laughs> I'm looking at my squad like af- after Saturday, I'm like taking stock. OK, that's good. Uh, Robertson Robertson with the clean and a and some bonus Sala scores. That's a miracle. Yeah. Captain Aguero, he scores a goal. I got an assist from Mitro. I'm seeing a lot of returns coming in here, but no, they're all single returns. And whoever isn't returning is on a one pointer, the likes of Alonzo Doherty, Patricio. Uh, I mean, Fraser almost a superstar here with three points in this spot. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I finished on 45 points and. Uh, I mean, I have I have one pointers from five of my players, right? From Patricio, Alonzo, Doherty, uh, Hazard, and Jimenez. Uh, Jimenez went off in the 59th minute. And they actually, they I think the Wolves uh, Twitter feed announces the 60th minute. So I was very disappointed when I wasn't watching that match at the time. So I didn't I didn't see what time he actually. You know, I think he limped off. Um, so I actually I finished on a very small green arrow. Uh, I was around 14, 14,500 and now I'm at 13,400. So, um, I'm inching ever. So I'm hovering just, I'm just hovering Brandon, like a, like a crane that's about to scoop down and pick up a, you know, a <laughs> I don't even know, like a, you know, bunny rabbit going. or something like that. Yeah. I couldn't, okay. think of what, I couldn't think of what cranes actually pick up in those things at bowling alleys, but you got to pick up one of those uh, little yellow things from that. Those, <laughs> those kids movies. Yeah. Like a plastic slinky in a box or something. So <laughs> hovering over the top 10 like that. And, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that I will actually want, I, I have two transfers going into game week 10. So I'm, I, I want those transfers to be my 10 K transfers. I want to crack that 10 K, uh, for the first time and probably, I don't know, two and a half years or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I finished. I, I think the highest I got last season was maybe like seventeen thousand or eighteen thousand. So, uh, feels good to be here. I know you, you, you had like a very small red arrow, right? Yeah, I had a really small arrow. I red arrow. I went down three hundred places. So now my OR is twenty one thousand eight hundred and eighty. You can't you can't be too upset by just a small ding like that, but it's my third red arrow in a row. And what's frustrating on an average game week like this is it's the third game week in a row in which my transfer hasn't panned out. Now, we have to have patience and long term thinking. I know this, but uh, Ben, me, LOL, followed by Arnie, who still hasn't come through. And then I bring in Darty so to, to replace through. Ben, me. Yeah. So, yeah, Arnie was certainly uh, was if it weren't for Hugo Lloris, Arnie would have returned this week. But but that's why I'm frustrated. And um, I'm just like stagnating here in the top 25K. It was it was like one of those weeks where you're just like, you just want to put it behind you. You know, I don't think, I think that, you know, the highest score, I think uh, I did like a little score check thing on Twitter uh, before we started recording the podcast. And I think the highest score I saw from anybody was like 64 points or something like that. And, you know, 64 was huge in a game week like this. And you're still only about 20 points you know, ahead of the average. So uh, it just wasn't a huge game week for, for big point swing. So I think that it makes it easier to put the game week behind you if you didn't have a good one, because uh, nobody did that well. You know, I mean, the band, sort of, it's like everything is around like a 10, 10 point band, you know, somewhere between like, you know, 40 and 50 points maybe, or maybe even lower, like yeah. 37 to 47. So yeah. uh, easy one to, to, to forget about. Well, as I was saying, though, I'm a little frustrated with none of my transfers coming in. One salve for an average game week is knowing that you made a really great transfer. And Josh, 
Trippier out for Ben Mendy. This was this was another masterstroke in your defensive transfer policy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll have a little plug here for um, the Breakfast Club, uh, which you and I were on this week. We uh, uh, we both That's got the up at fantasy what, like, football scout Breakfast Club for those not in the know. This is not the uh, great '80s cult movie from John <laughs> yeah, Hughes. We, we were not. We were not in detention on Saturday. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, we 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 got called up to the fantasy football scout, and uh, it was it was fun. We talked with uh, John T. and David Monday, and. Uh, it was just, it was very very genial conversation. If you want to see us and if you want to see us looking inc- incredibly tired, uh, but if you want to see actual video imagery and imagery of us, uh, you can go to Fantasy Football Scouts uh, YouTube page and watch this video. Uh, right, D- David and Joe were fresh and and fancy at eleven a.m. for them, but it was six a.m. for us. That's why we were so looking so slow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, normally we're in, like like almost 300% more handsome. So, you know, just <laughs> keep that in mind. Uh, but I, we t- I talked about the move a little bit on there and it was, it, you know, it's a, a game week where I didn't really feel like I needed to make a transfer. I would have actually held my, uh, held my transfer if I, if I didn't have two. And so I was able to make a rare champagne transfer. I mean, I didn't, you know, I would have been happy to start trippier away to West Ham. Uh, in the end, it kept a clean sheet, but, uh, but Mendy picked up 10 points, um, glorious assist right at the end of that match. A really nice finish from Sané too. sort of like maybe like finally putting to bed the idea that the two of them can't play together. Um, although I will say that Mendy didn't look quite as threatening with Sané in the pitch. He was certainly wasn't bombing forward to the same degree. He was a little more stationary uh, on the outside. So, but regardless, I'll certainly take uh, the assist and the bonus point. So picking up 10 points from defender is always Fantastic. Mendy still ranked still ranked top five uh, for players with crosses in the game week. So um, let's see, he had a total of four successful crosses out of his six. Yeah, still still not bad. And uh, what was your move this week? Uh, yes, don't make me rehash it. I, I, I hinted at it earlier uh, in the recording, but it was bend me out for Matt Darty. Ah, uh, that's right. Oh, yeah, that is that is painful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you talked about it there too. You were feeling like a little wary of the uh, the double up on wolves. You finally you finally joined the dark side, double up on wolves, and we're yeah. immediately within one minute. Like I, I mean, obviously it was like ten minutes in the game, but like a, a one minute stretch for like it was the, the the two goals. Like it was it was crazy how fast that. Well, I, I think we can frame a lot of transfers like this. This is uh, Darty in even at this point. Uh, e- even though I may have missed out on all of his big hauls for the season. Mm-hmm. It's a value transfer. I think he still provides decent value. He will move up in price. So, and, and now I'm in the boat with everybody else. So if Darty comes in with a one pointer, then we all come in with a one pointer. So it didn't right. sting that much. And knowing that Ben Mee was a short term transfer, uh, trying to play off of that Huddersfield Car- uh, Cardiff City double up. I know that Doherty could be a long-term move and somebody that I don't have a problem benching. Yep. Yep, exactly. And I think we've, we've talked about him a lot over the last few game weeks. It's a real, uh, just, you know, for, yeah, even at whatever you bought him at 4.7 million, he's at 4.8 million now, um, just offers, you know, a ton of value and he's kind of, yeah, he's a player that, you know, you can, you can bench him. And even if he comes in, you feel confident you might be able to get an assist or even a, maybe even like a sneaky, you know, clean sheet out of him. Uh, you know, assuming that in like a difficult fixture, I mean, I actually, I'm planning to play him in most, most matches. Uh, I probably won't be, you know, he's got a couple tough ones coming up, but, um, yeah, in general, I'm, I feel pretty comfortable about playing him. Uh, the toughest thing for me to swallow here though, was, uh, playing double wolves with Patricio and Darty while I have Matt Ryan and Cathcart on my bench. (laughs) 
Eddie yeah. Ryan with a blazing game coming yeah. in with uh, at least six saves and a couple of bonus 11 points total. Uh, yeah, I have. So this week's podcast, uh, just the, the kind of theme of this week's podcast is uh, buy, sell, hold. Uh, something we've done, uh, I guess it feels like we've done, we do it about once a month or so. It's a chance for us to just talk about various players and just kind of evaluate where we are with them. And uh, one of the players we're going to be talking about in a moment here is uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, who is my 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 problem right now um you know looks like he's possibly lost his spot uh it's it's not totally clear what's happening there and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about him uh, in a moment uh brandon but first uh why don't we run down the top 10 of the always cheating super league yes sir the top 10 of the always cheating super league it's never too late to join guys so if you're a listener of the podcast and you aren't a member of the super league just go to alwayscheating.com and click the league tab. But starting at number 10 this week, we have Nikolai Zugalin in ninth place, Mohamed Raziki. Eighth place, Aaron England. In seventh, it's Eric Neuhauser. Sixth place, John McMahon. Fifth place, Matt Frisky. And uh, fourth place, Luke Mitch Whaley. Third, it's Richard Inkfist dropping from his uh, usual customary first place. Um, so Richard is, is a, on a bit of a tilt here. Yeah, he's he's he got caned, you know, the Harry Kane thing really. <laughs> it's sort of like he with the Ben Mia, it put him one transfer behind, I think. He had to make a move. I think he I think he actually transferred Kane out for Aguero, but it was like, you know, that's the problem with the with the with the with the hokey cokey, you know, sometimes yeah, you get yeah, caught exactly. and yeah, yeah. All to the benefit of Guy Guy, who moves up to second place. And we have a new number one, a new entry into the always cheating super league is Jason Mann with his team, two girls, one clop. And Jason Mann is now ranked fifth overall in the world. Welcome to the big time, Jason. This is just his third season playing FPL. Uh, Last season, he he uh, topped out at three hundred and twenty nine K. So, Jason, do whatever you can to keep it up. I hope we can help here on the Always Cheating Pod. Yeah, and it looks like he's from New Zealand. So I wonder if he, uh, I wonder if he's friends with Nick Triggerlips. So we got a lot of a lot of New Zealand listeners, actually. So uh, which 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 sounds like a joke, but it's actually true. We have a ton of people from New Zealand who listen to the podcast. So uh, yeah, Jason, if you're uh, if you don't if you're not aware of it yet, there's a, a sizable New Zealand FPL community that you can get, you can go out there and find. Yeah, out. And, and Jason, if you haven't heard our Lord of the Rings podcast or our Flight of the Concords podcast, <laughs> uh, do look those up in iTunes. <laughs> we'll be, I'm sure you'll get a lot out of them. Uh, a couple of Patreon thank yous. Uh, Lord Sorloth patron Renee Nielsen. Thank you, Renee. Uh, new Embakani patron Tim Kafalis. Thank you, Tim. Uh, the Suicide Pool Contest, Brandon, we talked about it in last week's podcast. It is going to start in Game Week 11. Uh, we talked about it being Game Week 10, but uh, I just think it's it's a little cutting a little too close. Um, I think there was just, just too, a little too much energy going into Game Week 10, uh, going into Game Week 9, I think, to, to, to have launched it. Uh, I also just... Full disclosure, I got very busy at my actual real-life job and uh, didn't have time to get everything together. So game week 11, it's always weird when I let on that I have like a real – as if as if I don't. If this no, is a no one wants job. to know about your, yeah, your real-life yeah, exactly. job. Let's exactly. talk about FPL. Exactly. So uh, the Suicide Pool is going to uh, kick off in game week 11. That is open to Patreons at all pledge levels. The winner gets one of the brand-new Always Cheating t-shirts. Uh, if you want to see what one of the Always Cheating t-shirts looks like, you can just go to our Twitter avatar. The uh, the avatar is the t-shirt. 
uh, starting 11 retro kit contest uh, is kicking off this month. Uh, thank you to our starting 11, uh, starting 11 for, for sponsoring the contest. And it's just, uh, it's for anybody who's in uh, just the regular Patreon FPL league. Uh, and that's again, open to Patreons at all pledge levels. And the winner of that gets a free retro kit of their choice. Yes, and it's already tight up at the top. Uh, Guy Guy, previously mentioned, also in second place in the running for this retro kit. And in first place, vying for the October retro kit, it's Brian Warman. So keep it up, Brian. And Guy Guy. Or Guy. <laughs> guy I, or Guy times two. I don't know. Maybe maybe Guy's his middle name. Guy Squared. I guess we can start calling him Guy Squared. All right, yeah, let's move on to Rants of the Week. Uh, it was an average week, but uh, that doesn't mean that it was average by way of rants. McTavius <laughs> is is in here at first. Is there anything you can say to make selling Aubameyang for Vardy last game week less painful? Abba grabs four goals and an assist, and Vardy blanks and jogs off the pitch early for a, quote, comfort break. <laughs> so, Josh, yeah. what, can, what can we say to poor McTavius here to make him feel better? I mean, I would say, McTavius, uh, we love you. You're a good person. Yes. You're also a good FPL manager, despite the recent events. So, so take heart. <laughs> yeah, it's all true. And uh, I mean, you know, it's just unlucky. Uh, you know, I think uh, it, it was a tricky spot to figure out what to do with the Bamiang after he came off the bench last week. I mean, kind of came to the bench, I think, had what, two goals and an assist and three bonus points. But, you know, it certainly looked like he was maybe going to continue to come off the bench. In general, players that come off the bench don't score braces. Uh, he's done it twice in two weeks now. Obviously yeah. not sustainable if Obbs continues to play off the bench. The way the Mkhitaryan played today, though, I can't imagine that Emery won't look for a way to to start Obbs and, and put Mickey on the bench. Brandon, we also have our Get Off My Lawn of the Week. Uh, this is Juan Aguito's list of things that can go in the bin. Uh, for our American listeners, the bin is the waste paper basket. As we know <laughs> the <here>. trash can. <laughs> the trash can. All right. Here are the things that can go in the bin, according to Juan. Footballers asking for corners after a skied shot. Not celebrating goals. Players coming off coaches with oversized headphones. Half and half scarves. Players covering their mouths when speaking. Uh, Enough of world, that. Jeez. <laughs> using the term world class to describe fairly good players. Uh, TV companies not showing pitch invaders. <laughs> I love this. I want, I, want, I want them to just zoom in, focus on pitch invaders. Also, whenever animals get on the field, I want to see all of that, too. I want to yeah, see the squirrels, the cats, it, the dogs. If, yeah, when an animal's on the field in a baseball game, they will just cut away from the game. Uh, moaning about FIFA ratings. XG, of course. Uh, it wouldn't be a get off my lawn rant without or without an XG complaint. Uh, mm-hmm. The loss of drop balls, and then commentators apologizing for bad language coming from the crowd. Uh, yeah, those are all things that go in the bin. Brendan, you have anything to add to that? Is there anything you want to that you would put in the bin? Straight in the bin are commentators, the Lee Dixons of the world, who say, "Well, that was never a foul back in my day." I mean, the, the game is gone. I, I can't uh, take that. I, yeah, I would. I would. Add, I've got two that come to mind immediately. Uh, one is complaining about zonal marking when a goal is scored in a corner corner kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the one of the most annoying things. Uh, and two is when the camera pans away to people leaving the stadium uh, when the match isn't fully over yet, and the announcers comment on it with disgust. It's like, well, you know, like having just got tried to get out of four stadiums in four days, it is an unbelievable pain, especially if you've got to take a train back, you yeah. know, wherever you're going. It's very stressful and, and a mess. So, 
yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on, like let these people alone. Like they paid their tickets. So going back to your zonal marking uh, point, Jose Mourinho was asked about the goal that Rudiger scored uh, against Manchester United on Saturday. And Marine, Mourinho speaking to Pogba, maybe losing, clearly losing his mark on Rudiger was like, well, we play a combination of zonal marking and man marking. And that just like blew my mind. Like, I, I <laughs> feel could, like you, you're either fully zonal or you're fully man marking. And he was like, well, it's actually very fluid and very abstract. It's like, okay, right. Jose is operating on another level, man. Yeah. Yeah. I actually understand that. Cause that's where, that's the level I'm operating at too. Uh, but maybe you'll get there, you know, to, uh, yeah, I need to, to, I need to and I are. I need to read a few more books by uh, <laughs> by Jonathan Wilson, and then I'll get there. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, Brad. Let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll get back with uh, the FPL world's favorite game: buy, sell, hold. Brandon, we're back. Part one, uh, as I mentioned before, it's the FPL world's favorite game. This is buy, sell, hold. We're going to talk about various players and whether we want to buy them, whether we want to sell them, whether we want to hold off on uh, transferring them into our team. Uh, maybe wait and see uh, if they if they come off. Uh, uh, the hold might as well be called the Anthony Martial rule because you know we never really know uh, whether he's whether he's finally going to be good or not. Sure, and so he's yeah. like he's a he's a he's been a perma hold for three seasons now. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're going to start off with non Robertson Liverpool defenders. Okay. Uh, we've got a couple of questions here from uh, Richie. He says, what happened to TAA? Uh, the Glass Cunian says, is Dejan Lever in a cheap way into Liverpool defense, uh, especially if you want to double up? Uh, he says, three points and two clean sheets and only two starts. Uh, and then Daryl B says, is it too risky to move sideways to Gomez or Leverin? Um, And again, two uh, clean sheets uh, since he's coming to the side. So, yeah, I mean... It's a tricky time right now. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess no one talked about Virgil van Dyke, but I guess, you know, there's there's that option too, right? So Yeah, um, Virgil van Dyke also he dropped in price. He's down at five point nine now. Is he really? And, wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Robertson, he skyrocketed nine. up to six point four. So Robertson yeah. is becoming a bit of a luxury if you don't already have him. But I mean, I'll just come right out and say I do think that uh, Robertson is perhaps the must-have defender in the game right now. So well, I, I'm, I'm having yeah. trouble wrapping yeah. my head around. Uh, well, I mean, I can see you're, you're in a position and you can't afford Robertson. How do you get on potential Liverpool clean sheets? But this rotation that I'm sure we're going to talk about now, where Lovren and TAA and Gomez are right. all in in contention for getting rotated if you've yeah. got a guy like joel matip that can come and and for one some of the lesser fixtures and and disrupt the entire thing yeah i mean the thing about robertson is that it's two weeks ago it seemed like you could really have trent alexander arnold get almost the same thing i mean you know he's picking up a couple extra yellow cards but it wasn't even that his output was as good as Robertson, but it felt like he he had the potential to right. He was on a lot of free kicks. Uh, he was taking corners. Um, it just felt like the you know the potential was there for attacking returns from him, and it looked like he was just as much of an assured starter as as uh, Robertson was. And Robertson, you know, his attacking production has actually tailed off a little bit the last couple of weeks. So um, I was feeling pretty good about bringing in Trent Alexander Arnold on my uh, on my wild card and. And then, you know, they make this decision. I actually think the decision 
to not start uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold in the in the Man City match was basically brought on because he's you know he's like twenty years old, and they just played a difficult away match to Napoli like three days before they played Man City. So I think they were just you know probably resting him. Uh, but then they went and played very strong defensively, uh, held their own, um, you know, at, at home to Man City. I mean, you know, kept it a scoreless match. So um, maybe it was just maybe Klopp's just kind of sticking with that for right now. I mean, this this is something that happens, you know. And I don't know. I mean, if you had Trent Alexander Arnold, would you transfer him out going into this game week, or would you you know take the risk? If you have a strong bench, I think I'd take the risk because I just think two data points, particularly looking at Lovren, it's just two data points. I don't think that's enough information for us to say, yes, Lovren is that cheap way in. Just uh, on the same token, I don't think we have enough info to say TAA is definitely a bench player. Trent was trusted in so many Champions League fixtures last season, and he was part of that, part of their, their starting 11. No, no questions Right, started I, the Champions League final. Yeah. My one concern with Trent is that he's just he, – he's small. And um, yeah, I don't he's know. He's young, right? He, he, looks like a, he looks like his age, you know. But if, you, if, you're, if you're 20 years old, rest is less of a worry, right? You can just uh, sort of play these younger and, – and that, and that he is experienced and he knows the ebb and flow of a Champions League season. Um, I think he can – so I, I, I guess what I'm saying is there's got to be something more to it. There has to be something that Klopp is is seeing and not saying. It's a very frustrating spot, I think, uh, because a, a, the home match to, to Cardiff is about as sure a thing of a clean sheet as you can get. Obviously, anything can happen. You know, one set piece, one slip on the grass and Cardiff can score. But if you're just if you're playing the odds and you were going to say of the like, you know, 380 matches that are played this season, uh, you know, give me five that are like almost guaranteed clean sheets. This is one of the five that I would pick. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it feels like if you're not, if you don't have a Liverpool defender this weekend, you're really going to be missing out. So, um, but it's a tough spot because, you know, Robertson is the only, again, Robertson is probably the only one you'd really want. I mean, you know, can you make a case for Allison too. Um, Definitely. You know, sec- second overall uh, goalkeeper this season. He's only four points behind Ederson. Um, I actually had Allison uh, the first several weeks of the season, and uh, I moved him from Patricio. Uh, like I, that worked out really well. I kind of moved him at just the right time. Um, but uh, you know, Allison's five point six million—a decent way into that into that uh, defense, especially with their upcoming fixtures. I mean, it's just a great run for for Liverpool. So you've got. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just pulling up here. You've got. Uh, uh, you know, Cardiff at home, Arsenal away, and then Fulham at home, Watford away, Everton at home, Burnley away. Uh, just a great run of fixtures. It is the, a lot of these are, the fixtures are sandwiched around difficult Champions League matches. Mm-hmm. So um, you know there could be some rotation, but I, I I don't know. I mean, I just would you recommend bringing in any other defenders on that team? I mean, the the problem I have with Van Dyke is that he's too. He's just not attack minded enough, you know. It just We've had the like Van Dyke is due conversation too many times. So yeah, I, I think yeah. we're all done with that. And Van yeah. Dyke, you're not getting any value for that five point nine. I'd say maybe you move to David Louise if you're interested in getting a, a value center back um on a top four team. So yeah, I I think the Van Dyke discussion is over. Robert it's it's really it's really either Robertson or Allison, I think, for us. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. I mean, Lovren seems too risky. 
Um, I, I mean, Leverin is tempting. If I were wild carding, I might try to bring in Leverin, right, and, and 4.9 million. But I don't think I'd burn a transfer on him. Does that make sense? Well, as I said before, I think it's just it's just two data points now that we have. And while it looks promising and, yeah, the bonus points coming in for him certainly bode well if he secures that spot. But just knowing how much trouble Lovren has had with Liverpool over the last few seasons, uh, I, I don't know. I, I need to see like two or one or two more starts from him before I would even entertain that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really. Uh, so I guess, uh, yeah. Well, and was, let me put it. Let, let me put it mm-hmm. to you this way: in getting flashbacks to my Ben Me transfer, one of the, one of the spots that you don't want to find yourself in is is setting yourself back one defensive transfer. So, I mean, one could say, well, what, what's the risk? Well, the risk is that you're going to bring in a bum defensive asset that is not benchable. And I think it's got to be somewhere in that, you know, 4 million to four, six, four, seven to where they're benchable. But if you're bringing in a, a bum defender, like say Ben, me or Lovren, and it doesn't work out, then you're setting yourself well behind the pack. Yeah, the one the one player that I am considering um, bringing in this week uh, for for Trent uh, would be uh, uh, maybe Duffy um, or one of the um, one of the Brighton defenders. Um, they have a really strong run of fixtures coming up, starting with with Wolves at home uh, this weekend, uh, and then, but then they play Cardiff, Leicester at home, Huddersfield away, Palace at home, Burnley away. A really nice run for Brighton, and they've kept two clean sheets in a row. Um, I, I feel like we thought going into the season that the Brighton defense would be pretty good. Uh, the numbers did not bear that out at the start. I'm not really sure if there was like a second season hangover for them or something, but uh, it does seem like they've they've really righted the ship defensively the last couple of game weeks. And you it know, seems like uh, they've righted the ship in in all manner of of ways. They're just turning yeah. into a really organized outfit. And I'm yeah. really impressed with Brighton at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And, uh, and you know, beating beating West Ham and Newcastle, especially at Newcastle, two weeks in a row, not – and New, West Ham was in pretty good form when they went into that match too. So um, it, was, it wasn't like they just, you know, rolled over, you know, Huddersfield and Cardiff or something like that. Those are pretty – two pretty difficult fixtures they picked up clean sheets in. So um, – but, yeah, I think I'm probably just going to hold with Arnold. And uh, and the worst-case scenario with Arnold is if he doesn't play, I get, um, I get Matty D off the bench. So yeah. that doesn't seem, you know, too bad. And obviously worth mentioning, we'll we'll have a better sense once the Champions League fixtures play out this midweek. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to Marcus Alonso. Tom Campbell says, as a team, Chelsea defensively don't actually impress me that much. How are you feeling about Alonso's inclusion in our sides? Is it worth persevering? Brandon, Marcus Alonso, buy, sell, hold. Uh, on the basis of him putting... Uh, out one of the worst FPL, if not just worst full stop performances of the game week. I want, I want to punish Marcus Alonso somehow. Right. Um, you want to humiliate him. I, I want to humiliate. I want to humiliate him. I want to shave his beautiful hair off and, and make sure. him wander around the town, the the town square. Uh-huh. But um, looking at the fixture ticker. Burnley, Palace, Everton, Palace and Everton, both home home fixtures at, at the bridge. These are three fantastic defensive fixtures for Chelsea until they hit Spurs in game week 13. Then it's back at the bridge against Fulham in the West London Derby. So right. amazing defensive fixtures for Chelsea coming up, despite some of their um, weak performances in the last couple of weeks. Also, if you look at how Alonso has performed throughout the entire season, it's... Uh, is it 
just three blanks. Right. I mean, this. Yeah, I I said this uh, in last week's podcast, or maybe it was the week before. I don't. I can't remember anymore. But if you you know he's, he's seven million, it's he's expensive, but it's for the returns, it's not bad. I mean, if you had a you know a, a midfielder on your team who picked up you know six points and you know two of the last three fixtures, you wouldn't you wouldn't be thinking about. I mean, maybe you would, but it, you know it wouldn't be like on the top of your priority list to transfer him out. Uh, you know, he's also owned by 46% of managers, uh, you know, and like you said, I mean, he, he could have a run where he gets, you know, four clean sheets in five matches. Um, and I mean, God, in one of those, I mean, you didn't mention Fulham in game week 14. I mean, he could have, you know, four goals, three assists and a clean sheet in that match. You know, <laughs> I mean, he could have like the first ever 50 pointer uh, in that <laughs> Fulham match. <laughs> Chelsea in that match are just going to start picking up the ball and throwing it into the goal against Fulham. I mean, and, and no one would stop them. That's going to be that is must watch TV. <laughs> the West London Derby this year. <laughs> um, uh, and, and, yeah. and let me ask you, um, I'm going to name a few players and and tell me if they have fewer or more points than Marcus Alonso. Okay, okay. Uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Uh, more. Wrong. He has fewer points than Alonso. Wow. Um, Lacazette, sticking with the Arsenal theme. Fewer. Correct. Fewer. <laughs> uh, Sergio Kun Aguero. More. More points or fewer points than Marcus Alonso? Fewer points, Brendan. I see. I think I see where you're going with this. Yeah, the only player in the game who has more, who has scored more points than Marcus Alonso, is his teammate Eden Hazard. So, wow. if you think you're not getting value for a seven million pound defender, I, I do question that. I'd say think again. I think we are still getting value from Alonso. Yeah, like you said, six returns to nine is is a better return than you're going to get from almost, almost anybody in the game. I mean, I think last season sort of made people think that because because Mo Salah had had attacking returns in like some insane number of matches, right? Like was it thirty four of thirty eight or something like that? Maybe, maybe yeah. it dipped a little at the end, but it was an incredible return. So there's this feeling that you could just that you know it was possible to have a player who just never blanked. Uh, and it's just not true. I mean, you know, it's this is I mean, you know, it actually leads us right into uh, the next person that I want to talk about, which is Sergio Aguero. Carl Lemon says, is it viable to continue Captain Aguero for the solid six point goal? No bonus. Or is it better to Captain Ram? And I did not know what Ram is, Brent. I'm not cool enough to be up on all the hip new acronyms uh, that the young people are talking about. <laughs> and Ram is apparently Robertson Alonzo Mendy. Okay, I was going to say I'm afraid to ask. I don't know what Ram is either. I thought it was a I thought it was Paul Simon's second solo album, but apparently it is <laughs> Robertson Alonzo Mendy. Actually, it's third solo album. Um, but uh no, it's uh yeah, I I I don't want to do either actually. Can Robertson, uh, actually, Alonzo and Mendy form a band and their album is called Random <laughs> Access Memory? I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, uh, yeah, Mendy. Mendy's the drummer in that band, right? He's like the Keith Moon type. <laughs> I don't see. I don't see him as the lead singer. I think Marcus Alonso's got to be the lead singer. He's here's tall, here's one for the, our British listeners. Main. Maybe he's like the Bez from ha- the Happy Mondays. He just runs around <laughs> with a tambourine, just acting like okay. a wild man. Okay, that's that's yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, Robertson, of course, is the bassist. Uh, yeah, so Aguero, can we continue to captain? Okay, I mean, okay, I guess the first question is, do you want Aguero in your team, right? Aguero, buy, sell, hold. What do you think, Brandon? That is a hard buy for me. I, I really don't know um, how to express my 
my deep love and gratitude for <laughs> Sergio Aguero and what he's done. Yeah. The fact the fact that he has been one of the few players in history to beat Pep Guardiola's wheel of rotation. Now, right. I, I so it's like Pep and Aguero had a had a head to head, and Aguero says, "I'm going to beat your wheel of rotation," and Pep says, "Fine, but the price you're going to pay it's like a witch cursing him thinner. It's like the price you're going to pay right. is you're going to get subbed at the 65th yeah. minute in every match." We said this last time we referenced a thinner esque curse. I'm glad we got it back on the pod. Yeah, horseshoe it in there, uh, or shoehorned it in there. <laughs> um, horseshoe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like like we. Said said last week i would rather have aguero for 20 minutes per week um than not at all because it, it only takes How about this, five five is pushing it okay uh, you know, five five what i about, don't need what about, what about like 16 <laughs> that's too few <laughs> let's see how many goals do i think aguero could score in 16 minutes he could score at least two at least you wouldn't want it to be at the end of the match right you want it to be like from the 45th minute to the 61st or something right Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. The, the way break. Burnley were beaten to a bloody pulp by the 85th minute of that match over the weekend. That was brutal. I, it was it was really they, hard. They capitulated. It was it was it was a like it, the, the house burned down on them, didn't they? It's, <laughs> we've seen it so many times this season with Man City players. Yeah, I, I agree with you, though. I mean, again, it's actually like Alonzo. He's got six returns and nine, six goals, four assists, six bonus points on the season. Uh, I know that a lot of that, you know, three goals and assists came out of that that Huddersfield match. But, you know, guess what? Like, they have another Huddersfield-type match in game week 11, this home match with Southampton. Also, I mean, Aguero scored – did he score four away to Spurs a couple of seasons ago? He sure did, I mean, yeah. Yeah, Aguero can absolutely score uh, in a big match. Uh, he is not a uh, flat track bully by by any stretch of the imagination. And also, who are you going to transfer him out for? I, well, this is what I was going to say. Yeah. If it, what are you going to do with that money? You're going to spread it around. But still, I think if you don't have Aguero, you'll have some marginally good weeks, but you will have a few really bad weeks. If you have Aguero, you'll have some marginally good weeks and a few really amazing weeks. So it's all upside for me, and I think it's more downside to go without him the way things look right now. Uh, just speaking of Ram for a second, Brandon, um, Roberts and Alonzo Mendy. Is that a Troika? I think we call that a Troika. Uh, Mike, Mike, Mulca- Mike Mulcahy says, I'm just curious if either of you ever captained a defender, and if so, who and under what circumstance? I don't think I ever have uh, captained no, like a defender. I actually feel kind of embarrassed that I haven't. Like <laughs> I, all, all these eight seasons of fantasy, you would think at one point I would have I would have captained defender, but I I don't think I have either. Yeah, one too many Manhattans one night, and uh, poof, there you go. You put the armband on Alonzo. I mean, if I'm thinking of anyone, it would be somebody insanely attacking like Alonso, but um, what do you think? mm -hmm. I mean, if, if let's say Eden Hazard has like a, you know, he's got this minor back complaint or whatever, probably fine. Uh, But if Hazard uh, is out for like a month, right. Mm -hmm. Um, And the only player, the only Chelsea player that you have is, is Alonso. Would you consider camping him at home to Fulham in game week 14 or whatever that is? Uh, I mean, you'd have to consider it. Well, you are talking to a Fulham fan, so um, I have to I have to put my I have to put on the hat of all my listeners who are out there counting on me, uh, waiting to hear what I'm going to say here. Nobody says worse things about Fulham than you do. <laughs> it's true. That's the duty of a fan. Uh, and then just kind of tied in with this, uh, 
telling the, with the Aguero uh, conversation, Tommy says, uh, who is the essential striker for the next five game weeks? He says, nobody is standing out right now. And there is some truth there, Brandon, some, some hard truth in that. Yeah. Some and dark I, truth. I think the fact that nobody is standing out means that everyone should just hold. This, this is buy, right. sell, hold, right? I think we just hold on the standard, the conventional thinking about strikers right now. There's no yeah. need to do anything. There's no need to panic. So there's, f- focus your energy elsewhere on your midfield, your defense, your GKs. Yeah, uh, I think if there's anybody that I'm excited about, it's uh, it's Arnautovic. Um, and I really am trying to figure out a way to, to move Jimenez to Arnautovic. Um, that run of fixtures that they have coming up, the West Ham have coming up, I mean, they don't really have a midfield right now, so that is a yeah. bit of a problem. Yeah. Uh, and I think is Yarmolenko now out for the the season? Or like maybe Close until next year? Close to it. Year? I guess he did yeah. his Achilles tendon, so that's a bad one. Could be, that's and, a career ending sometimes, yeah. yeah. And Lanzini is still out for, for the unforeseen future. We have a question about Snodgrass coming up later, so perhaps all, all will be revealed then. Okay, so we'll hold off for the for the snodgrass discussion. Um, all right, so let's move on to uh, we actually let's let's take these two together. Uh, Sala and Mane, uh, Red Dagger asks what what to do with Mane. So Sala, I think uh, we we basically said well, we actually talked at every which every every way you could on last week's podcast. I, I don't want to talk about Sala too much again. Uh, I think you know we ultimately both decided to hold. He rewarded us with the the most vintage Salah return right which is you know the game-winning goal and no bonus points yeah uh Mane didn't play at all um so if you had Mane would you be uh would you be selling him or would you be holding him I, I, would I think add, no one's buying him right now yeah absolutely selling Mane if you still have him I mean, he still has enough value in him that you can get something for your money Liverpool mm-hmm. aren't looking great attacking wise even though Salah is gave it gave us one meager return that gives me some right. hope for Salah, but I'm not looking to buy into this Liverpool attack at the moment, as crazy as that sounds. And yeah, if there's any way for you to turn Mane into Sterling, I mean, I understand Sterling got rotated over the weekend, but somehow that makes him like even more appealing in the short term because sure. uh, he's probably more likely to see a series yeah. of starts because of that. You could say that about, about Mane too, to be fair. I yes, mean, you know, yes, but my yeah. early my earlier point, yeah, in terms of starting positions, sure, Mane and Sterling, you could put them on equal footing. But in terms of which teams look better going forward and are going to score more goals, Man City yeah. by far. Yeah, I, I actually still want to get rid of Salah, <laughs> despite uh, despite the goal that he scored. I, I obviously you can't do it before a home match to Cardiff in game week ten, or really the home match to Fulham in game week twelve too. Uh, but I, you know, I, I mean, he played the full 90, uh, he's probably going to play in their champions league match against red star on Wednesday. Uh, there's a, gotta be a decent chance. He doesn't, he doesn't start in the, you know, the, the Cardiff match this weekend. Right. I mean, not an, I don't know. I mean, he could still score off the bench. I don't think he doesn't play at all. Um, I think you probably still have to captain him if you have him in your team, but, um, I, I don't know. Part of it is I just want to, I want to fund a move for, uh-huh. I, I want to go Salah to Sterling and then use that money to upgrade um, Jimenez, Jimenez to Arnie. To, to Arnie, exactly. So I, I have to find another way to do that otherwise, which uh, might involve dropping one, uh, maybe Richarlison, um, who I've just, I'm just not, I don't, I mean, I like Richarlison, but I, I just, I yeah. do worry that maybe, maybe the moments like past a little bit. Yeah, I, mean, they have I, these, I, I hear you on that one. 
Yeah, they play away to Man United, Chelsea, and Liverpool in three of their next five. Um, and I just don't know that I want to be starting him week in and week out. You know, and maybe I could. The problem is, I you know, who do you who do you bring him in? I mean, I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but you know, who do you bring him in for? Is there like a you know, actually, actually, we have a question from FPL Families Lee uh, that we'll talk about later that might answer that question. So let's table that for now, Brandon, and yeah. go on to Harry Kane. Mr. Kane, we have a question here from FPL King. Is it time to put Kane away till after Christmas? Brought him in for the Cardiff game and kept him for West Ham, too. Now Kane and Aguero face off in game week 10. Does that mean I hold Kane for another week or move to Sergio? Uh, I don't envy FPL King's position here, but. Part of me wants to preach patience with Harry Kane because, you know, you you made a big move and you should stick by it. But he doesn't look like he yeah. has any forward momentum. It's not going to get any better as far as we can tell with Kane right now. He's got cement shoes right now. And it's uh, it's sad. You know, it's the I don't know. You know, it's it, you know, the fact that he plays 90 minutes in, in every single game, including meaningless international. I mean, what do you think about this international champion? Why are they taking it so seriously? Can anyone explain this to me? The why Nations the League. Champions, the, you know, the UFA, why anybody care? Like, if you won that and you, like, celebrated it, it would be embarrassing. Right? <laughs> like, like well, it's not like a thing. Like, you, know, we, it's, you watch yourself here, uh, U.S. Uh, men's national team fan. I mean... We're celebrating okay. what? Not having a manager for more than three hundred and sixty-five days. Yeah, at this point? I know, but I mean, Euro twenty twenty is is awesome. I, I love the European Cup. I, it's really fun. Great competition. This to me is just a money maker, right? This is just like the big teams play the big teams. Little guys play the little guys. It's just they've been some. There've been some great games. So you know, if what what do we want if not just some great football? It is. I don't know. I'm not a purist like you, Brandon. You know, <laughs> I want my I want my, I want my fantasy assets to be preserved. On the, during the yeah, breaks. yeah. So I'll put your mind at ease. Then Kane would be playing in the most meaningless England game, so it doesn't <laughs> really true. matter. It doesn't really That's matter. true. He would play away to Gibraltar. That that is very true. Uh, so yeah, he's a he's definitely a sell. Definitely not a buy. On a scale of one to ten, I feel like it rates about a six in terms of urgency to get Kane out. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, just because he's taking up so much money in your team. Uh, it's a tricky one, but yeah, certainly um, I can understand uh, just dropping him now and, and just cutting your losses. Uh, ben Mendy, uh, AJ says, how essential is Mendy? Would you sacrifice Alonzo, Robbie, or Trip Daddy? Yes, I call him Trip Daddy in my head. Trip Daddy. Uh, yeah, I know. I I don't, I don't know who that is. No, I know he's talking about Kieran Trippier. Uh, would you would you sacrifice any of those three for Mendy? Uh, El Tigre says, do we need Mendy back? What do you think, Brandon? How essential is Mendy? Well, yeah, I thought Mendy looked really good. The obvious response here is the concern over Manchester City rotation and that Pep has so many options at his disposal. But um, I'd be pretty encouraged by what I saw of Mendy against Burnley with his six crosses, four successful, his one assist. He was still chugging at the end of the game. I think yeah, that team I, gets so much out of him. Who am I going to sacrifice? I think, I mean, I think you made the play there, Josh, in Trip Daddy getting the axe for Mendy. As I said mm-hmm. earlier, I think Rabo is is essential. Alonzo has great fixtures coming up. This is where we started in game week one. Mendy, Alonzo, yeah. and Robertson. So I think we're back here again. I think all three of those guys yeah. look great. And Spurs, 
um, thrown into a bit of chaos now with Champions League starting again. And I, I think Hugo really bailed them out against West Ham. So I, I don't think that I'm feeling really bullish about Spurs defense. Trippier to Mendy is like the easiest move you could make. I mean, that, that just makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I can understand that wanting to do it. I mean, it's like just like the Aguero Kane thing, right? Like I can understand that wanting to do it before <laughs> game week 10, but I actually think it's fine. I, I might make that move anyway. Um, if I had no other issues, you know, in my, in my squad, I mean, Mendy has six assists in seven matches played this season. It's incredible. Uh, Even yeah, if he misses a match, you're going to get those points back. So I, I wouldn't be too afraid there. Excuse me. That's he actually, he's only played in six matches. So it's six assists in six matches, uh, along with six bonus points. It feels like a goal is coming to the way he, every now and then he'll make well, this just super dangerous run into the box, you know? So I, I think he'll get an easy far, chance. <laughs> okay. He'll, he'll get, he'll get a goal this season. I feel, I feel confident about that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and he's also racked up, uh, three clean sheets in those six matches as well. Uh, they have a pretty, okay. So not a great run, uh, in the next three game weeks, but he's so attacking. It really doesn't matter. You know, they play away to Spurs and they've got the Manchester Derby on, uh, November 11th, uh, veterans day, Brandon. It's also, it's armistice day, of course, mm-hmm. as you know, I do. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's the, uh, it's actually the hundredth anniversary of the armistice. So what a, what a wonderful day <laughs> to play, to play the Manchester Derby. I will be flying my flag proudly for the Manchester Derby. Yeah. I'll be flying my Brighton Hove Albion flag. All right, Josh, buy, sell, hold, uh, James Madison. Is he, uh, an essential guy? He did nothing in game week nine, took a few interesting dead balls, almost put McGuire yeah. in for a goal against Arsenal. So, are you still liking what you're seeing from old Matto? I think he's a hold. Uh, their fixtures are great. No doubt about it. Uh, really amazing run of fixtures. I, I do worry that this Leicester team just isn't very good. And <laughs> that I, I worry that that could, that could pose a problem for him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, I wouldn't be rushing to buy him necessarily. I, I kind of want to see him play. This West Ham game will be very telling. You know, mm-hmm. it's, this is a game when he really should do well. He should pick up like a goal and an assist or something like that. You know, yep. I mean, some kind of attacking return at least. Uh, and if he doesn't, then maybe he just isn't that essential. You know, I mean, he's very involved in the play. It's when you watch him play, you want him to be, you you want him in your team. You yep. know, it just, he feels like for Israel, it's kind of like a little like Firmino or something. It's just like, he's just like on the ball all the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, three goals and two assists in nine matches. It's not bad, but that doesn't scream essential to me. Yeah, I would agree with you. It's a hold if you have, and not necessarily a buy if you don't, but it, it, it's still an interesting price range right now. I feel like we were spoiled for choice a month ago with mid range midfielders when, when Fraser and Madison and Richarlison were all going off and, and all of them have stalled out ever so slightly right now. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe just relax, <laughs> just chill, <laughs> just yeah, just have fun with it, man. Well, here's the uh, midfielder yeah. that is more exciting to talk about. KDB next up on the list. Adam P on our Slack asks: Is there a city midfielder worth losing Aguero for? Um, basically asking, can KDB cover? Uh, sure. Or or could Sterling cover for Aguero? Classic coverage question. Jay Davey also asked, time to bring in KDB. I was watching the Man City-Burnley match with my brother this weekend, and he's a soccer fan. He played growing up, but he doesn't follow the Premier League at all. 
Kevin De Bruyne comes on as a substitute, and after five minutes, my brother was just like, "Who is this guy? This guy's, mm. you know, right foot is amazing." Um, and you know, he was like in seventy-five percent at best the form he was at his peak right. last last season, if if that. So, uh, yeah, I think he's coming back in a major way. The only question is, uh, do you need him? Um, I don't know. I want to wait till he starts a match first. Um, the thing about KDB is he's, he's like a, he's like a set and forget midfielder. You know, it's not that he's the most explosive attacking midfielder, but he's kind of like, you know, it's like, you can just plug him in and have him for 15 weeks and you're going to get, you know, eight assists and three goals or something like that. Is it like, uh, you went to exhibits TV show, pimp my ride with Christian Erickson and an exhibit (laughs) was like, I heard you like goals and assists. So I put goals and assists (laughs) in your Christian Erickson (laughs) and you end up with a KDB. Yeah. Yeah, next to a plasma TV or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you think yeah. KDB has a plasma TV on his back that we just don't see? That'd be amazing. He might. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. I just don't. Uh, the, I mean, so the, I guess the point the point there is I, I'm not worried that I'm going to miss some gigantic haul from him. You know, because he's not really that kind of player. Not usually. So I feel like I just want to wait a week or two, let him get some starts under his belt show that he's you know really back and forth show that pep trusts him to start you know week in and week out uh and then i'll consider him for my team and until then i'm not going to last question on buy hold sell it's mid-price cheap forwards mike DePietro comes in and asks i'll keep it simple arnautovich or mitrovich for the next four weeks so you've got two choices josh make one yeah uh, it's tempting to go with assist king Mitrovic, but uh, I, I'm going to go with uh, Arnautovic. Uh, it's it's the it's a cl- the battle of the Viches is close. They both have great fixtures. Uh, I just think that West Ham is a slightly better team, uh, and I think that Arnautovic is a slightly better player, and they're like the same price. So um, that's I don't know. I, I just went in doubt. Go with the more talented player. I think. Yep. Yeah, and I think we're just a couple weeks away from Mitrovic perhaps having to deal with a new manager, and uh, I don't know if that's going to be a good thing for him or not. So. <laughs> just throwing shade at that full <laughs> team. All right, Brennan, take a quick break, and we'll come back with a lightning round. All right, let's take a quick minute for our friends at Starting 11 Daily Fantasy. Josh, does FPL have you stressed out? Yes. Are you tired of planning for the long term? Yes. Do you wish you could have every player you want, regardless of your budget? As my two-year-old daughter now says, yes, I do. <laughs> and you're, and I'm asking this of your daughter. Do you want to play for cash prizes? Yes, she does. Well, then your daughter needs to download Starting 11 for her iPhone or Android. I don't know which kind of phone she has, Josh. She needs to download Both. the Starting 11 app today. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of it as soon as we're off this. <laughs> off this you can play on the Starting Eleven app. You can play cash games live in the UK, US, Canada, and Germany for your iOS. There are free games available everywhere for your Android phone, and cash games are coming very soon. It is daily fantasy. You can play any day in which two or more Premier League matches are happening. As mentioned, you've got no budget constraints. You can adjust your lineup right up until kickoff. You're offered three in-game substitutions. So as you're watching these games, you feel more active than ever. Brendan, as we just uh, experienced in our visit to the UK, there, there is you can pretty much gamble on anything out there. And 
instead of uh, wasting your money trying to bet on who's going to and probably score a brace in a match or, uh, you know, who's going to be the first goal scorer or what the over-under is going to be, things that, you know, experienced gamblers uh, are very good at that you aren't. I, I, I can guarantee other people listening to this podcast, about six people are good at that. Uh, but the people listening to this podcast, many, many of you are fantastic fantasy managers. So why waste your money gambling on things you don't understand? Be smart and participate in the game that you do. Go to starting11.io to learn more and sign up for the app. We're back for part two. Josh, it's the lightning round. You know how it works. 30 seconds or less, we're going to give you the 100% correct answer to your question. The first question comes from Lee at FPL Family, a, a great YouTube show that you should check out. Lee asks, I we need... also got the, got the chance to meet him in person last week, two weeks a ago. charming guy with a lovely velvet blazer. Lee, where did you get that blazer? I, I've got to know. Uh, Lee asks, I need a midfielder enabler. Who should I pick from the FPL bargain basement? And we've got five choices here. We've got Murphy from Cardiff City, Phil Billing from Huddersfield, Pierre Hoylberg from Southampton, uh, Kennedy from Newcastle, and Camarasa also from Cardiff City. But let's see. I should have listed their prices. So Murphy at 4.6, Billing at 4.5, Hoylberg at 4.5, Kennedy 4.9, Camarasa at 4.5. Who do you choose, Josh? I I don't know if it's because I have my team already, but uh, Hoiberg is is my pick and uh, almost scored his third goal of the season. I don't know if you saw that uh, in any of the highlights he, this weekend. Almost uh, this this guy uh, he only shoots from what thirty yards out. So you, you, <laughs> you know, know. But if you look if you look at his heat maps, he's actually playing. I mean, it's not that he's playing like a, like an attacking player, but he's playing in a fairly advanced position. He's right in front of the box, and yeah. so he is getting forward. I. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Kennedy is, is tempting, though, too. Uh, you know, the issue with Kennedy is he really just hasn't shown it yet. You know, I mean, he only has the, you know, the one the one goal in the season, uh, no assists. Uh, and, also, yeah, Newcastle they, are they, bad. Yeah, it, Newcastle are bad, and they, they're not they, – they, it's hard for them to score. Uh, their run of fixtures is the complete opposite of what they just experienced, right? They have this run of – it's the sea of green, you know, it's uh, just a lot of a lot of teams that that I mean, they really should pick up their first win, you know, in the next three weeks. Right. They play Southampton, Watford and Bournemouth. Um, you know, one, they should win one of those games. And really, honestly, they need to start racking up some wins. They're going to get they're going to be relegated by February. Um, and they really shouldn't be because they're like, a, well, anyway. Uh, they're not that bad, and it's it's weird that they're not doing better. Despite, I mean, their attack is not great, but they they should be doing better than this. We're almost at our thirty second limit, so I'll just round this out. And I think, I think I'd go with you on Hoylberg, but also um, Billing. Billing does play an advanced role for Huddersfield. Both of these guys, key though, are priced at four point five. You're not looking for a midfield enabler or a fifth midfielder that you want to start. Odds are you're rarely going to start this guy, so I will always try and vote for the cheapest option that that starts. Hopefully plays 90, but is a, a guaranteed start. And Billing and Hoylberg fulfill both of those things, and, and they're, they're cheap options. Kennedy at 4.9, even though he does have perhaps more goal threat than either of these guys, he's too expensive for me. And the other two options playing for um, a team that is competing with Fulham for being the worst in the division. So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know Tom, Tom Cantle's big on, on Camarasa. I, I just, you know, I know they put, they, they put, they scored four on, on Fulham, but 
I don't I don't see that as indicative of their of their real attacking quality. Um, I, I think they're going to struggle to score goals all season. I just don't want to bring in a, uh, anyone. I don't want to bring in anyone on Cardiff just like straight up. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe maybe Saul Bamba. That's like the only player that I would that I would consider at some point. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm just avoiding that whole team, uh, possibly for the entire 38 game season, maybe for a double game week. Jeff Willis, a guy who had the, the pleasure of meeting at the OSG meetup in London, says, We're a quarter of the way through the season and I've hit the wild card button. If you had to choose one player from each position to keep for the next three months, who would it be and why? Brandon, I'm throwing this question to you. Yeah, let's see if I can rattle off a few real quick. Goalkeeper, I am trying just to one. Th- Just one, yeah. I'm trying to think of ways to get Ederson back as my starting goalkeeper. I want a piece of that Manchester City defense. And uh, Ederson is the guy I'm targeting there. Robertson, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, he'd be my pick for defense in the midfield. It's Hazard's season. How can you not just go with him, fixture-proof, having perhaps in the best form of his career, you've got to go there. And I'm sticking by Aguero. This season, I think he is a must-have up front right now. Bold picks, Brandon. Very bold. <laughs> no, I really, I, I, I really threw some curveballs there. I'm, I know. Yeah, I pretty much agree with all that. Though Arnie is kind of tempting just because his fixtures are so good over the next few months, uh, but obviously he, the the returns haven't really been there the last couple of weeks. Uh, all right, Nick Wright. Uh, I'm going to just read this question and then you tell me if he answers the question with his question. In which mm. case, we don't have to answer mm, it ourselves. Riddle me this, Nick. Nick, Nick Wright uh, says, time to beef up the bench with rotation hitting managers this week. Do we need to move towards a squad structure rather than the traditional 11 to 12 starters and two to three base price permasubs? The conditions for this seem to be in place with Wolves and Bournemouth assets, but we can start most weeks cheap enough the and conditions good Nick, enough. Nick, you sound like a scientist here. Come on. <laughs> this is one of those questions where Nick is so – he's like – He's really too good at the game to have an actual question for us. Yeah. But it's like you just like, oh, I'll throw a question out there. Nick's like, uh, these, so these jokers need content. I will try to give them <laughs> some content this week. Yeah. So the conditions for this need to be in place with uh, Wolves and Bournemouth assets so we can start most weeks cheap enough and crucially good enough to allow upgrades throughout your team. I think he answers this question there, Brandon. Yeah, obviously you need a strong bench and strong bench is perhaps a misnomer. You just need a playing bench. And it goes back to the question that Lee asked about these, uh, to put it harshly, like throwaway midfielders. We're talking about guys that we know will start that just have uh, a thread of attacking potential. And we'll go with that. And you, you just sort of go with God into every game week. Um, I don't I don't think you want to have a bench headache every week. So to make your bench so strong that right. you're, you're having to make really difficult decisions that are just going to mess with you every week. But just it's true. It's it's weird how that you would think that is a, you'd think that would be an asset, but it's actually just very unfun and sort of stressful. Um, yeah, I think that uh, I think I think I agree, especially with Wolves. I mean, Wolves, as I, as I said uh, in earlier podcasts, are a you know, Europa League quality team this year that are priced like a promoted team. Uh, 
Uh, so you're just getting, you know, you're, like they're, they're, they they should be priced like Everton assets or, or West Ham or something, uh, but instead they're all at these ridiculously low prices. Um, you get the full spectrum with Wolves defense too. You know, the, the from Bennett to Doherty. You know, wh- how much do you want to pay? They've got it all. I agree, Brandon. Uh, all right, guy, the snottest guy, Yetweb says, hang on to Mane until he comes back, or trade him for KDB, working his way back in, and those are your only options. All caps. Yeah, with Mane, if you have him, um, and you're looking at, at least KDB. wait till the end of the week, right? Yeah, exactly. See how it plays out with the Champions League. Say Mane comes in for a cameo, then I'd say I like him for a start on the weekend. Or even if, yeah, if Mane just plays, then I think yeah. I'd feel comfortable holding on to him for the weekend. Yeah. And, and if KDB plays the full ninety in a difficult match, maybe that's not as that's not as appealing, you know? So yeah, wait till Friday. Uh, all right. And then Sean number one uh, says Snodgrass. Is he worth looking at with his price? Uh, now that Yamalenka was done for the year. Yeah. The, it's such a terrible price point. I think Snodgrass is five, three, five point three. 5.3. Okay. Uh, so you're talking about, yeah, he's 5.3. <laughs> so you're talking yeah. about, um, like a poor man's Ruben Neves. So we all tried the Neves experiment earlier in the season and, it, and you know, it, it worked for one game week, the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think at 5.3, you should be looking more at the 4.5 benchable midfielders and then, um, trying to find someone that's more enticing closer to the 6 million round for your fourth midfielder. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of tempting because their fixtures are so good. I, I it's funny. I was just looking, and I, I if I if I went from Richarlison to uh, Snodgrass, I would have just enough money to move Jimenez to uh, Arnautovic. But uh, yeah, I mean Snodgrass has had lots of minutes this season, lots of chances to to prove himself, and you know he's still on zero goals and zero assists in the season. He picked up a, a big fat one point in ninety minutes um, at home to Spurs in game week nine. So. Uh, yeah, that's not where I would go either. I'd almost rather just take a punt on one of these Fulham midfielders, you know, and just, and just, you know, any of them really, <laughs> you know, yeah. just see if you can get something out of them. Uh, you know, and Guisa is only 4.4 million, you know, so, uh, <laughs> if Tom Carney ever comes back, he'd be tempting. You know, he's only 4.8 million. Um, yeah. If you're talking about West Ham, I think Ar- Arnautovic is the only way to go there. So yeah, don't no half measures, Sean. All right, just a couple more questions. Uh, Aaron Boyle, uh, the uh, what did you call him, Brandon, last week? You called him something very nice. A god among men. God among men. Uh, your thoughts on a strike force without a 10 million player? I'm considering dropping Aguero from my wild card and playing Lacazette and putting the extra to get Sterling instead of David Silva. What I was saying earlier about Aguero, where if you have Aguero, you'll probably have some lukewarm weeks, but you'll have a number of great weeks. And if you don't, you'll have a number of lukewarm, maybe good weeks and a number of bad weeks. So I'm I'm not into this plan. I think there is still enough potency in premium goal scorers like Aguero that you want to stick with that. Yeah. Uh, Hikon Jorgensen says, if you could have only two of Robertson, Mendy and Alonzo, which two would you choose? The Ram. <laughs> uh, if I had to choose, 
Man, this this is a tricky one. It is. It's I mean, it's it, three it, ways. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who I'd choose. I think they're all great. Yeah. Uh, if we're looking at the next five weeks, uh, I guess I'm going to go with Mendy and Alonzo. I, I'm sorry, Robertson. You're a fantastic player as well. But I, I <laughs> do. Sl- I just love Mendy as an attacking asset. And maybe Robertson. Alonzo definitely of the three. Um, despite despite his lack of attacking terms the last couple of game weeks, they're, they're fixtures despite his so his uh, his desire to go into the fetal position his at the worst injury. possible moment. Yeah, exactly. There's his mild injury that he oversold. Um, he was like yeah. uh, Matt Damon at the end of Saving Private Ryan when all the shells are landing. <laughs> that, that was what Alonso <laughs> was doing knees. in the six yard box. <laughs> well, thinner and Saving Private Ryan. We're pulling out a lot of old callbacks in this episode. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'll go with Mandy Alonso. But they're all they're all great. All right. Next question. This is the last lightning round question. It comes from Paul Larkin. Would you be willing to retract your statement that you wouldn't take a Bournemouth defender even if they were three million? I think Paul no. is pointing toward the fact that Bournemouth actually pulled out a clean sheet against the mighty no. Southampton. No, I'll say it. Th- I said it three times. For for each million that you wouldn't be willing to pay, you said no. <laughs> would you? Would you? Uh, do you want a Bournemouth defender, Brennan? No, absolutely not. Uh, not I, I'd, be, I'd be willing to go as low as uh, two point two point six three. Then, then get in touch, Paul. Now we're talking. Then we're doing business. All right, Brennan. Game week ten just around the corner. Uh, we're going a little long in this podcast, so just let's just talk a little bit about the captain options for this weekend. I think there are some interesting options here. Uh, Salah is the is the obvious candidate, although his ownership isn't quite as high as it used to be. Uh, so he won't be like a, a perma captain the way he would have been in you know game week one or something. So you know if we acknowledge that solid home to Cardiff is a, is a great opportunity for you know to captain. Who else is is uh, you know up there as a as a captain option? Yeah, Eden Hazard with his back injury, which is surely just a uh, appeasing the Europa League injury committee, uh, making sure mm-hmm. that Chelsea is still fielding a, a strong lineup. I assume yeah. he'll be back and rested. To Burnley, Burnley coming off of a thrashing against City um, yeah. does worry me. You know, we, we often talk about Hazard's away form and that could be a liability, but I think he has to be in the conversation. Then you've got Arsenal against Crystal Palace. Uh, Selhurst, another away conundrum. Uh, Crystal Palace tends to be better defensively at home, but Arsenal yeah. just look amazing right now. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to captain uh, Captain um, uh, Mosala and Vice Captain Hazard. It is extremely tempting, in my opinion, to Captain Hazard, especially if if the back thing turns out to be a totally minor, you know, problem that isn't going to you know bother him at all. Um, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Is there any, anyone else like anyone else that we haven't talked about already that that would be out there for you? Oh uh, well, Etienne Capou back doing Etienne Capou things. He's hosting <laughs> Huddersfield. What a goal! What a great goal! <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Um, an interesting matchup with Leicester at West Ham. If anyone having second thoughts about uh, captaining somebody like Jamie Vardy, but the thing is, West Ham are starting to get accolades for their defense, where they were pretty porous at the start of the season. I think. Now West Ham are less and less an option to captain against, so I'm not, not sure I'm into that. 
City away to Spurs is probably enough to scare people off of a city captaincy, but how many times did we mention Aguero's historic hauls against Spurs in this podcast? Yep, yep. Yeah, it's you can't go wrong just captaining Aguero or vice captain him every game week. I mean, especially if you're if you're having a good season. I can understand the frustration with Aguero if you're not having a great season and you're trying to make up ground and you're like, I can I'll never be able to do it as long as he gets six points or eight points every game week. Yeah. If you're having a good season, that is fantastic right you just don't want blanks from your captain yeah you know and you just i mean getting if, if i got six points a game for my captain every game week for the rest of the season i think i would take that yeah. right yeah you know six points doubled yeah sure. i mean yeah so um i mean i don't know maybe double game weeks throw that off a little bit but um yeah it seems like a pretty it's a pretty solid return week in and week out and so uh yeah i think uh you definitely could captain aguero i wouldn't think that i mean it's not, it's not like uh you know uh Spurs, you know, Spurs are actually having a quite a good season, but you wouldn't know it if you watch them play. You know, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like they're taking the league by storm this year. All right, this is the last this is the last option I'll throw at you, Josh, for captaincy. This is Bournemouth's last party, basically going to Craven Cottage mm-hmm. in game week ten. Then uh, they've got United, Arsenal, and Man City in the next four. So yeah. um, I think if you've got Wilson King. Um, some sort of Bournemouth attacker, and you're looking for a crazy punt. Uh, I don't know. Seems see, this seems like the last fun week to be a Bournemouth asset owner. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, maybe Callum Wilson uh, or one of those one of those players. I mean, would you consider Frazier? Is that is that too crazy? Yeah, I think that is too crazy. All right, as we talk about it, there are three options, three very normal options that emerge, right? Sala number one, Hazard number two, Aguero probably number three in the always cheating poll. Yeah, yeah, I, yep, I agreed. Yep. Uh, I mean, Mitro uh, was not a, you know, like I, he hasn't impressed the last couple of weeks, but I mean, that is a match where you would expect him to do pretty well, right? Um, at home to Bournemouth. You would hope, I and mean, Fulham have to do something in this game week when Djokovic really is fighting for that. I, I know the, the exasperated tone now every time that we're going to talk about Fulham is going to get um, yeah. pretty pretty dull pretty quickly. But I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I will not make any bets on Fulham at the moment. So I, even though I happily start Mitro against Bournemouth, uh, I, I have no idea what you're going to see. Yeah, I, I don't know either. You can't drop them, but yeah, yeah I don't know what exactly. you're either. Exactly. Uh, all right, Brandon, that's the podcast. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast and get access to uh, the Starting Eleven Retro Kit Contest, you can come to Patreon anytime this month and you get into that contest. Uh, or if you'd like to um, you know, participate in the uh, uh, suicide pool that kicks off in Game Week 11, just join anytime, uh, and that's at any pledge level, just join anytime in the next uh, – uh, I don't know, by the end of October, before game week 11 at least, and uh, you'll be in. Uh, producer thank yous. I'm saying a lot of ahs. You can tell I'm getting tired because I'm, I'm stretching out my <laughs> There you go. <laughs> you're, you're killing uh, time here. Yeah, exactly. Producer thank yous, Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, Carl Rasmus, Lini Granley, Chris Howell, Rafai Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., and Trevor Ingerson. Thank you to all the producers of the podcast. Very, very sincerely much appreciated.
Yes, and don't forget to subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, anywhere you get your podcasts except for Spotify. Give us a five-star <laughs> review on iTunes. We'd really love and appreciate you for doing that. Thanks to everyone out there who's already rate, given us a nice rating on iTunes. Super appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at HailCheaters. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash AlwaysCheating. Email us with your lengthy missives at hailcheaters at gmail.com. And for all this information and more, go to our website, alwayscheating.com. To all our listeners and Josh, I wish you good lose in game week 10. <laughs> yeah, the worst of losing to you as well, Brandon. I wish you the worst of weeks. Uh, and I will. Uh, and by the way, Brandon, I am very excited. Uh, we've got a John Carpenter movie marathon coming up this weekend. I'm pretty excited about that. Outstanding. Hopefully I won't need to take my mind off of FPL uh, Saturday evening. But just in case I <laughs> but do. But you will if we do Escape from New York followed by Escape from L.A. That's going to be amazing. Outstanding. All right. Uh, Poku forever. Hail Hamish. Hail, 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 uh, hail, hail to our uh, always cheating patrons. Thank you. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.